We're going to do a video for the scripture that encompasses um, all of Luke 24, but before I do that, uh, the Nelsons are watching with us today. Uh, Danica graduated from UNM yesterday. Uh, after four years of hard work and always going above and beyond, she earned her Bachelor's of Science degree in Biology with three minors, because why not just get one, um, with Chemistry, HMHV, which we think means Health, Medicine, and Human Values, and Honors Interdisciplinary Studies. She graduated summa cum laude. Uh, she also received summa cum laude biology honors program departmental honors for her honors senior thesis and publication in neuropharmacology so she has two months off and then she'll start medical school uh, we'll be setting a sunday aside in place of the sermon for her to talk to us about neuropharmacology <laughs> but danica congratulations i'm sure she'll be here in the next couple of months and we'll congratulate her then but <clears throat> There's a lot of kids doing a lot of neat things um, that have come out of this church. Nurses, teachers, one still at West Point, Danica. I mean, it's just, it's pretty exciting. So um, what a great way for us to celebrate. All right, so this morning's scripture reading um, is a video uh, that kind of encompasses what we've been looking at the last five weeks in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. It starts at Easter and kind of goes through all of it, but... I just appreciate it because it's a great summary and it's a nice way for us to kind of pause as today we're transitioning and, and having our final message in this chapter of the Gospel of Luke and then we'll move on. So if I can invite you to turn your attention to the screens. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb carrying the burial lotions they had prepared. They found the stone door rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there perplexed about this, suddenly two men in gleaming clothes approached them. The women were terrified and bowed down with their faces to the ground. The men said to them, Why do you search for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has been raised. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful people and be crucified and on the third day be raised up. The women remembered Jesus' words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven apostles and all the other people there. The women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and some others with them. Yet the apostles did not believe them, because these reports seemed like nonsense to them. All the same, Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the burial clothes lying by themselves, he returned home, wondering at what had happened. Now that same day, two of them were traveling to a town about 11 kilometers from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were talking with each other about all that had happened. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached them and began to walk alongside them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are these things you are discussing with each other as you walk along? They stood there, looking sad, and one of them, named Cleopas, asked, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know about the events that have taken place there in these days? What events? he asked. They replied, The events surrounding Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our leaders handed him over to death and crucified him. 
we were hoping that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. But besides all of this, it is now the third day since all these things happened. And then, to add to it, some women from our group astonished us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they didn't find the body, they came saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of those with us went back to the tomb and found it exactly as the women described, but they did not see him. And Jesus said to them, How foolish you are, and slow of heart to believe all the things the prophets foretold. Didn't the Christ have to suffer these things, and so enter his glory? And beginning with the writings of Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them the things written about himself in all the scriptures. They approached the town where they were going, and Jesus gave the impression he was going further on, but they urged him, Stay with us, because it is evening. The day is already over. So he went to stay with them. When he was reclining at the table with them, he took the loaf of bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts on fire as he spoke to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They got up straight away and returned to Jerusalem, where they found the eleven apostles and those with them gathered together who said, The Lord really has been raised to life, and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two related the things that had happened on the road, and how they had recognized him when he broke the loaf of bread. While they were talking about these things, Jesus stood right in the middle of them and said, Peace to you. But they were startled and terrified, because they thought they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus said to them, Why are you disturbed? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and feet, for it is really me. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you can see I have. He said this and showed them his hands and feet. But when they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he said to them, Do you have anything here I can eat? So they handed him a piece of cooked fish. He took it and ate it right in front of them. And he said to them, I told you about these things while I was still with you. Everything that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms had to be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said, This is what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be announced in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and so I will send to you the promise of my Father. You yourselves stay here in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out to Bethany. He raised his hands and blessed them, and as he was blessing them, he departed from them and was taken up into heaven. They worshipped him and then returned to Jerusalem with great joy, where they were always in the temple court, praising God. This morning we're going to uh, finish our look at the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. I'll be honest, I don't know if I've ever spent so many successive Sundays in one chapter in a Gospel uh, because we've been there since Easter Sunday (laughs) and today is the fifth, wait, fourth, fourth Sunday of Easter. Uh, As we've seen in, in this passage that we've just watched in the video, Luke 24 is a passage of Scripture that is essential. And it's one that I think you and I could spend more time in as we think about it, as we pray about it, and as we spend time thinking about what God is doing in and through the person of Jesus and in the way that Jesus is resurrected and then in the way that God reveals the resurrected Jesus to the disciples and to his followers. 
So uh, this chapter in Luke's gospel, if you think about it, is essential. Like you could basically go to Luke's gospel and take out any gospel chapter. You could take out chapter 1, which tells us of Elizabeth and Zechariah and the promise that God has made to this older couple that they are going to have a child. You could take away gospel, uh, chapter 2 and the birth story of Jesus. I mean, it, wouldn't, it would take away from Christmas and we wouldn't be able to celebrate Christmas in the same way we do. But essentially, it doesn't, it's not the thing on which everything else rests. Really, the thing on which everything else rests in the Gospel of Luke, and really all the Gospels, if you think about it, is Luke 24 or whatever the, the Gospel chapter is in Matthew, Mark, or John that tells us of the resurrection of Jesus. Because really, without this chapter, nothing else matters. Jesus could set his face towards Jerusalem in Luke 9, and if he is not crucified and then resurrected, it doesn't matter to us. All the other things he does, if you and I are not able to read and believe in Luke chapter 24 in the words that we're reading, everything else is is just unimportant. Because this gospel is the essential chapter. This chapter is the essential chapter in this gospel of helping us or telling us to hear and to see the good news of Jesus Christ. Because the resurrection is what makes everything else important. The resurrection and then the way that God chooses to reveal who Jesus was and who the resurrected Jesus was to this man named Cleopas and another traveling companion, to someone else, to uh, the, the group of disciples. And as Luke writes in his very first chapter he says he does all of this so that you and I might know the certainty of the things that we have been taught see Luke does this so that we'll believe doesn't he he does it so that we will believe and we will know and we will see that what he is writing and what he is telling us is true he does it so that uh, those who have heard the oral tradition the oral story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ can then look and see and believe that what they have, have heard is something that's true and, and that they can believe that. And so in, in Luke 24, and, and the, the movie summarizes it so perfectly because we read of the empty tomb, we read of Mary Magdalene and a woman named Salome and Mary, mother of James, who have gone to the tomb to find it is empty. We have run with Peter to the tomb to see for himself that uh, what the women have said to them is true. And so he goes and then the scripture says he comes away amazed. We've walked with Cleopas and another disciple as they've journeyed to Emmaus. They've journeyed with Jesus himself. We've sat at the table with them and our eyes have been, have been blinded until Jesus lifted the bread and blessed it and broke it and then we are able to see. And finally, we have been with the disciples and Jesus appears to them. He eats a piece of fish. He shows them his hands and he shows them the wounds in his feet and then he vanishes after letting them see that his resurrection is indeed a physical resurrection. And then last Sunday we talked about how the resurrection of Jesus is a resurrection that promises you and I a new body, a new creation where we are created to be fully in the presence of God as we receive the final victory. And so this morning, I think our scripture reading, you know, it tells us of the ascension. And if you look in in Luke chapter 24, it's only three verses. And and those are the three that Shanna read for the children's time, where it just tells us about how Jesus ascended into heaven. 
And I think the reason Luke includes the ascension is because it's critical for us to see and understand what happens. And it also gives Luke an opportunity and the gospel writers an opportunity and really God an opportunity. And what he does is he closes the chapter on what it means to have the resurrected Jesus walking on the earth. And the reason that God closes the chapter in this is because when God has Jesus ascend into heaven, what God is doing is preparing you and me for the gift of the Holy Spirit that's going to come, isn't he? He's readying us to receive this gift. It's a gift that Jesus himself promises to his followers. It's a gift that Jesus says, wait here and my Father is going to send you something greater. And so Luke includes this passage about the ascension because he knew that there'd be questions about the resurrection. We have to remember Luke was was a scientist. He was a Gentile. He writes his gospel in a way so so that people will believe. And so I think Luke knew in his scientific mind, he knew that that people would need conclusion. They would need answers. And so he includes the, the ascension because he knew people would be asking the question, if Jesus Christ is resurrected and alive, where is he now? Where's his body? Where is he gone? What has happened to me? Or what has happened to him? He knew people would be asking those questions. Questions about the resurrection and what it meant to to be a follower of Jesus. And so he puts the ascension in there because, one, he's witnessed it or heard of it and heard directly from people who have seen it firsthand. And it's important because he wants people to know that what they have been taught has been true. And so it's in the ascension that he shows us that the raising, that the the ascension, the raising of Jesus from the dead is, is all part of God's plan. And so by including the ascension and telling us about the ascension of Jesus... The earliest followers of him, the earliest readers of Luke's gospel, those that have have been Christians since that time, even to today, are able to look at the scriptures and we are able to know that Jesus, while resurrected, did not die again. And we are able to know that he was not temporarily resuscitated. We are able to know that his resurrected body was no longer subject to sin or to decay. We are able to know that Jesus is no longer with the dead and that he is alive. Because his resurrection was just that. It was life. His resurrection was life where uh, the ascension helps us to see and know that that in the resurrection that, that everything is complete. And that all that God had planned in the person of Jesus has now come true. It's now come to fruition. It has now happened exactly in the way that God himself planned for it to happen. And now Jesus sits in the presence of God himself. In Ephesians 4, you can read about the importance of the resurrection in in Paul's words. And then he writes about the ascension of Jesus. He says, God has given his grace to each one of us measured out by the gift that is given by Christ. That's why scripture says when he climbed up to the heights, he captured prisoners, he gave gifts to people. What does the phrase he climbed up mean? 
if it doesn't mean that he had first gone down into the lower regions of the earth. The one who went down is the same one who climbed up above all the heavens so that he might fill everything. So what is Paul saying to us? Paul's saying that Jesus descended into death, and because he descended into death, he now ascends into heaven. Paul's saying that the one who went down is the same one who has now gone up. Which means that he went up, he ascends into heaven to fulfill every promise that God has made to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. He also writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, So then from this point on, we won't recognize people by human standards, even though we used to know Christ by human standards. That isn't how we know Him now. So then, if anyone is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation, the old have gone away, and look, new things have arrived. See, for Paul and for us, the ascension is where Jesus now sits in the presence of God. And because Jesus resides in the presence of God, you and I can hear and rest assured and know that in the final victory and in our resurrection, we too will be able to sit in the presence of God. For us, the promise of the ascension is that Jesus had to go so that we could receive the gift of the Spirit. In being the person of God, the Trinity, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Jesus ascends so that the Spirit can descend. So that you and I can gather on Pentecost and we can celebrate the gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given us. And so that we can know that the resurrection of Jesus was true. Because that's the message that we proclaim. That's the message that we live. And that's the message that sets us up to receive the gift. The gift that guides us the gift that encourages us, the gift that holds us accountable, and the gift that, that fills us with the very presence of God as we, because, as we become His temples, as we become His people, as we become His servants. And that's through the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit.